Welcome to another Vireal USA podcast. This is Alan. I'm joined by Sid. Um, I'm here on a lovely, if cool, um, afternoon in California and uh, celebrating our um, getting our 42 points. So we're um, essentially assured permanency in the Primera next year, um, which is always up the cover. Yep. Well, I think it's going to be. I think it's going to be some local beer because I, I, I don't think I have any kava handy. But you know, one way or another, we'll we'll do it. Um, and after some struggles um, to put up points in the league, we've now. I wouldn't say we've exactly made it easy, but we've managed to um, get two wins on the trot. Latest one today against Cadiz. Um, and in between, um, we've also dispatched Dinamo Kiev in the Europa League, um, and we can talk a little bit about that too. Um, you caught some of the match today, mostly on the radio, you said. Yep, yep. And, um, you know, look, <laughs> we, we continued not to be able to put away teams that are below our level. Yeah, um, yeah. You know, or most of the A-bar match, it was the same. And, of course, Kapu got that rather odd red, which I, I suppose I was interested. Did we, do you know, did we try and appeal that? Yeah, we did try to appeal. It awfully harsh. It, we did try to appeal it. I think we, I think he was, I think the suspension was one game, but I, whether or not okay. they. Yeah, I think that's right. Because, yeah. I, and yeah. if I'm not mistaken, it used to be two. Correct. So maybe yeah. we got it halved. Got it halved. Yeah. So, but I think the figure. but I think it still counted as a red, and and the importance of that being that if it had been a yellow, it would have been his fifth. So as it is now, he he'll come back with four, and so his next one he'll be out of match again. Ah. So ah. That's kind okay. Of, that's kind. Yeah. That's kind of what I pieced together from from. Uh, got it. From it. So got it. yeah. Yeah. And that, of course, it, that is that is relevant in all of this. Yes. Would rather have found a way to to make the red a yellow yeah, and exactly. uh, clean off the slate there. Yeah. But, it it, it was a fairly um, ridiculous call. I think, you know, the Spanish referees on 50, 50 balls like that, it's, th- there's a wide variety in the, in decision-making, shall we say. Um, uh, Indeed. And, now, of course, Spain is, is infamous for the late Maradona and the butcher. So yeah. you do you do have a history of, of some pretty bad challenges in Spain. And, and if I'm not mistaken, sort of maybe call it 15 years ago, I think there was a conception that the English teams maybe did less of the argy-bargy. And it was the, uh, you know, pulling out all the cliches, the Mediterranean blood that caused yes. the Italians <laughs> and the Spaniards to lose their heads and commit right. these rash challenges challenges right, so right. interesting to see sort of you know and and even and and lots of people who watch Syria a lot more than I do say you know the view that still hangs out there of the sort of calcio football doesn't uh doesn't apply anymore yeah. um and it's it is very much so that you know England and Germany are a much more physical brand of football than you see in uh in southern Europe yeah, yeah. I it it does seem it's I mean I think one thing that is that has always been true even when 
when there were the you know bad tackles and so forth that that became notorious in in Spain. But still, the technical there's a, there's a lot more penalizing of players for interfering with technical plays. It seems to me that that um, referees in Spain still want to get involved in a lot of cases where I think in, in certainly in England and Germany, and certainly we see when we play in the, in Europe and get continental referees that, that it's a lot of those plays go by the boards. I think Spanish players are. I was going to say, I think that that can hurt us yes. because we're used to a different standard. Yes. I think Spanish, Spanish players do tend to expect the whistle to be blown a lot and, you know, guys like Busquets, for example, are kind of infamous in my mind for, you know, losing the losing the ball to a fair challenge and then falling down and getting a getting a whistle in, in Spain. That doesn't happen mm-hmm. overseas. And, mm-hmm. you know, and mm-hmm. we have that, too, where where um, we have guys who instead of playing through a challenge, kind of stop and, and they sort of expect the referee to blow the whistle. And, and it can't hurt us. Um, it certainly hurt us when we played Liverpool in the semis, I think. That I felt like Indeed. We, I felt Bruno's, like we, Bruno's turnover. Yeah. Yeah, yep. yeah. But, yeah, and we also just, I think, mentally sort of took ourselves out of the game. I mean, I remember Dennis Suarez um, admittedly not winning a what should have been a penalty from Alberto Moreno of all people. But, um, you know, he, he just kind of moped around the last part of that game. I, it was just unfortunate to see. Anyway, that's kind of neither here nor there. Um, so well, why don't we talk about Pablo Piatti then, since we're trying to try to go off on the random uh, interludes. That, that no, makes we'll, sense because we'll you, 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 of but, course, you, you, of course, have always been a fan of Elches ever since you went to see them play us in the, the last loss we had in the Segunda, right? Um, mm-hmm. So, yes, Pablo Piatti has rejoined, has come back to Spain after being in Toronto. Where was he other than that? I guess he was always in Spain, wasn't he, or did he travel mm-hmm. around? Well, he was, with, he was with Valencia for a time. Yeah, he Valencia and, and Turkey, and, but... Espanol, yeah. yeah, yeah. So he's he's back, still only thirty one. So I guess he'll be thirty two this coming um, end of end of March. But yeah, uh, it's part. I, I I suppose why why we were talking about it before starting this was it's part of an interesting trend of players like say Victor Ruiz. You know, I think in looking at Dinamo Kiev and Shakhtar, mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. sort of. You know, still good for them making the round of 16 of the Europa League. But the days of them sort of pulling off upsets, uh, advancing in the Champions League and things, you know, the the sort of football economics have changed, no question. But Mm -hmm, I think mm -hmm. it's more than that about the attractiveness of some places around the world. I think, you know, certainly the virus and political climate in some countries has made you know, some of these, some of these sort of somewhat nomadic kinds of players, um, you know, think twice about being thousands of miles away, um, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. in, in some places, you know, sort of just for the purpose of, of making, making the, you know, the bigger dollars, which again, may or may not actually be out there anymore. Yeah. I think one of the things that's always interesting about world football is that it it does, it, it sometimes takes a couple of years to, filter through but you do get 
impacts of of political events and so forth um, filter through. And and in the case of um, the Ukrainian League, of course, you know half the country was occupied or taken over by Russia, um, including the you know, Donbas where. Shakhtar is so they've been playing away from home now for years and um and I think the and that of course was a big advantage for them at one time at one time particularly traveling there and yeah. you know I think the round of 16 of the Champions League was always a daunting prospect of going to play in Ukraine in February right you recall the guys you know sort of hats and scarves and things yeah everybody looked like right everybody looked like polar bears (laughs) getting out getting getting bundled up out there yeah i think i think that 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 league has certainly declined a lot and i think we saw it with with dinamo kiev i mean uh, and even their coach after the first leg was sort of like well you know this is kind of good experience for our for our young guys and i'm thinking yeah, this is not a this is not this is not the Dinamo Kiev that used to make waves in in Europe um, anymore, and mm-hmm. you know Turkey. Now, interestingly, the, the the Ukrainian teams have had certainly more success than the Russian teams have um, over the past number of years. I mean, seeing a Russian team sort of in a knockout round of anything pretty much these days isn't happening. So yeah, that's, so in that's, fairness, that's, they're still ahead there. They're still ahead there. Um, Turkey, I think, and even a, and even Turkey, yeah, yeah exactly, yeah. yeah. Turkey is having problems now. I think. Well, you mentioned Victor Ruiz, but Turkey was a place where you you would get these nomadic players that would. I mean, we certainly sold a few there. Um, Ruiz, Jeremy Perbe went went there. Um, remember, we got uh, Cedric Bakambu sending sending Baca. Yeah, we got we got Cedric Bakambu from um, a Turkish side. So, you know, that they've always sort of been a destination for players to um to go and, and bank some money for a couple of years and and the the quality of play was pretty good, but it seems as though it's suffering now. And I think it probably has a lot to do with the political um uh, the instability or, or whatever you want to call it in the in the country that um Seems seems like football there is becoming a more politicized thing, and um, the country's economy is is slipping, and so it's it's less attractive. And and on top of that, when you throw COVID in there, well, you know, you really want to travel. You do you really want to move far away and and probably not have your family with you or whatever. So. You know, anyway, yeah, so we... Um, so, so the big move to note is, of course, I think Pablo Piatti had been capped once, but the real move would have been Toronto just to pay to keep him as a DP and nationalize him mm-hmm. and uh, try and uh, try and improve the Canadian national team's chances of actually qualifying for a World Cup. But I think they need... Alas, that opportunity is gone. Yes, I think, they, I think they need sufficiently... I think they need quite a bit more help than Piatti can give them <laughs> on his own anyway. But yeah. Um, yeah, so so let's talk about Villarreal for a minute then. we So we dispatched Dinamo Kiev pretty, pretty easily. Um, we dispatched... Four wins on the trot now. Yeah, we dispatched um, Abar and... 
caddies somewhat less easily. Um, mm-hmm. You know, is it, first home win in the league in two months. Yeah, it, it just I, I'm I'm really struggling though with this idea that we get ahead and then just can't put teams away. I mean, today we had a two nil lead for about a minute. Um, and, you know, and Cotty scored it. And it just seemed the last 15 minutes of the match, for the most part, we were pretty much under the cosh. I think Cotty's, I have to say, strike me as a team a bit like Girona last year, where they were good early. Then people got used to them and they sort of woke up and realized, wait, we're not in the Segunda anymore. And they, they, they are definitely looking over their shoulders now. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, and just looking back even further at the home form, and we talked about this, I think, at the end of the year. Since October, we've now won three times uh, at mm-hmm. home mm-hmm. in the league. Via Dolid, uh, beginning of November, Levante, beginning of January, and now, Cadiz mid March. Mid March. I mean, just huge gaps of time here. You know, some, some, some plenty of draws, but even now some home losses here um, against Atletico, against Betis. So, yeah, yeah. Again, we've we've been good enough away from home. The problem has really been at home. Um, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And like you said, and and, you know, I don't want to sort of tie all of these things together. But I think you certainly make the case we keep that two-goal lead another five, seven minutes, maybe even hit them for a third now that they're fully demoralized. And the biggest thing, and again, you know, you can never play the what-ifs, but is Gerard Moreno out there in the 80-something minute of a two-goal lead? Probably not, not. given his minute accumulation and given the fact that he – is has been called up again but we needed these three points you know as you can sort of look at the table and see it's a big difference for us here Mm -hmm. um you know if sociedad are to lose today for example against barcelona or even if they draw we're still within one match of fifth and we talked about some a couple times ago how important fifth is potentially Mm -hmm, um mm -hmm. if athletic win the copa the sixth place team is no longer in the europa league right right so yeah the um i think two points from betis now and then we were two points with sociedad having the game in hand to play now i suppose we lose the tiebreaker we lose a tiebreaker against Betis. I think I can't. Re- I can't remember against Sociedad. It may be even. We we drew with Betis there. I'm trying to remember. Yes, I'm trying we to drew remember. there. Yeah, I think we drew twice with Sociedad, but I'm trying to recall if the goal scoring is the tiebreak these days, or if it's just the yeah. the overall GD. Yeah, it was one one both legs. Both ways. So I'm guessing the GD where they are plus 21 and we are plus eight. Yeah, that's not likely to be overcome. So, so again, the you know them being three points ahead is really four, um, and Betis is three. So if Barcelona does win, and obviously they need two to try and keep pressure at the top, then you know we're within one match of those teams with ten rounds left. 
Yeah, um, and, and, Duffy, and obviously you start looking at schedules and, you know, La Real having their Copa final at, at some point here. Um, but, of course, we have a bunch of, hopefully, a bunch of important matches still to play. Well, I was looking at, our, I think, three of our last seven we play. Uh, um, yeah, the last two are Sevilla and, and Madrid. Yeah. Um, we got now, Sevilla's work may be done. So yeah. that remains to be seen. Um, and of course, we'll see where Madrid are. Right. Um, you know, if they right. say lose the Clasico, I think, you know, the team that if, if the Clasico ends in a draw, it may hurt both of them. But I think that the team that loses the Clasico in a couple of weeks is pretty much out of the running to win the league. So, yeah, yeah. Um, that'll that'll guide some things as well. That's possible. But yeah, our, our run in until then, we do have Barcelona, but Again, the matches on paper for us versus the matches uh, when we've played them have been different. Yeah. But, you know, Granada Villarreal on the Saturday before they have Man United yeah. uh, in the Europa League quarterfinal is essentially Granada B and Villarreal B to some extent. Um, you know, I like our chances there. Uh and then again, if if we are able to, and I think one good byproduct of what has happened the past few weeks, um, you know, Funes Mori has had to step in. Mm-hmm. We hope that's not a long term solution, but you know, both he and Foyt are getting regular minutes, mm-hmm. so we could mm-hmm. have some confidence in that. Um, you know, um, Baca has been playing more regularly, mm-hmm. been somewhat mm-hmm. hit or miss, but now has scored. And, you know, that's that's his role. Right. Um, and so we're seeing a little bit more, maybe, you know, you're getting to 17 or 18 players in the squad. And that's going to be very important here because now the sort of Europa League is going to wind up and it's sort of like a, a six-week stretch. There are going to be potentially four matches. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, plus needing to, uh, given the uncertainty about even sixth getting in, we do have to sort of continue pushing, uh, in the league. Right. So the, um, Sociedad is David Silva still injured. I know he's not Mm -hmm. with them. Mm -hmm. What's the deal with him? He's out. He's not playing today. Yeah. I saw, I don't know what his status has been, but obviously I don't. You know, I think he's played only maybe maybe half their matches this year. Yeah, um, I mean, I, I think in the league. Yeah, so, I, I think again at thirty five. I don't know how much you would expect from a player who's so reliant, sort of on yeah. you know dribbling and and skill. I think it shows sixteen appearances so far this year. So, yeah, I think he. I think he's been a real seventeen. I think he's been a real important player for them when he's been able to play. Um, mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Sure. I see they show him here with a back injury of some kind. I'm not sure what, what that is, but um, yeah. So, I mean, I think they, um, they've certainly been getting a lot of goal scoring up front from, from Porto and Orzabal and, and uh, Alexander Isak, but, um, but yeah, I kind of wonder it's, it's, it's not a team that's really, really deep. So, well, how they how they are able to manage the run in historically, it's been a problem for them. 
and we'll see if it's any different this year. Um, but I think uh, it's it was important today to win to keep within um, hailing distance of fifth and sixth. Um, I think you know fourth is 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 gone, but I think fifth and sixth are still definitely in play. And as we talked about, we really um, don't want to be in the um, whatever that other competition is. Conference. The conference yep. cup or whatever. If we can if we can get back to Europa, that might be that might be good. Um mm-hmm. so, and there was a point at which Sevilla had struggled a bit and it looked like there might actually be a competition for fourth, but, but that is pretty clearly yeah. off the table now. Yeah, when and when you get your goalkeeper scoring game tying goals in the last second of injury time, I kind of feel like they've <laughs> They've, they've got a bit of a bit of something on their side. Um, they do, right, they right do, now. and this I think we had talked last year. I want to say one of the matches that they essentially clinched fourth ahead of us was Ocampo scoring, <laughs> the goalie getting sent off in stoppage time, and then him going into goal, on the goalie yes. shirt, and then saving a penalty. I mean, yeah. if that is going to happen, then <laughs> then you just kind of no, throw up your hands. There's and... no stopping you. What, what are you going to say at that point? That's right. So, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. So. I think I think very definitely. Um, okay, let's take a let's take a short break, and then when we come back, let's let's talk about um, Dinamo Zagreb and the. Europa League draw and what we can look forward to there. Okay, so we dispatched Dinamo Kiev, as we said. I think they were kind of who we thought they might be, which was not the Dinamo Kiev of years ago. We then got a draw where not we, even the best dinamo in the draw apparently apparently not so we now we now continue our uh, uh our dinamo um collection as we uh play dinamo zagreb who i have to say you know tottenham hotspur um it was the spursiest thing that they could do to blow a two nil <laughs> lead and lose three nil an extra time to in the return leg to in Zagreb. So, and if I'm not mistaken, they had something like 25 shots in the first leg. So I think the two nil was quite underwhelming quite, of a scoreline. Yeah, exactly. So one one would not have thought that uh, tie would have been in doubt based on how dominant the first leg was. But right, as we said. Yeah, which sort they, of begs uh, the question, have, which, which... There's a reason, there's a reason we, we matched up with them in terms of closest fit to a <laughs> EPL team. Being able to play up and down to your opposition very successfully. Yeah, so which kind of begs the question, I guess, is which Dinamo, Dinamo team will we see in Zagreb? Will we see the, the uh, team that, that sort of controlled things in the second leg against... Tottenham, or will we see that you know how how will they um, fare against our? Hopefully, Gerard will be will be fit and will be able will be able to play. But if we've got Gerard and and Chukwueze and and Baca and or Paco, um, you know, it would seem to me that we'd have to feel fairly confident about getting an away goal and maybe some kind of result there. Yeah, I mean, I would be sweating Pal more than I am Gerard, in a sense. Um, not that, obviously, Gerard has not been head and shoulders our best player. Um, but 
if Alcacer, given another three weeks here, is able to get to fitness, um, you know, his ability to poach a goal is really the kind of thing that you are sort of looking for. And I think he's obviously been very successful in the Europa League doing so this year. Mm-hmm. You know, I think his contribution over 90 minutes maybe is not what Gerard's is. Um, but, you know, sort of looking for that poacher's finish. Um, again, I, I, I think it will be hard for us to not score in some manner. Uh, I think the question is just we have seen how important it's been being able to post away clean sheets. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So, you know, even a score draw or a one, two kind of result, um, you know, it's clearly not the Dinamo <laughs> Zagreb we played again um, when Senna was was here. I think he got sent off and we mm-hmm. lost to them. But yes. I believe they had a Brazilian player, Samir, Samir. who was mm-hmm. sort of the, you know, but a, a very good sort of creative midfielder. Um I, again, I think like the story of the Dinamo Kievs, um, you know, they may lead their league, but their league is, you know, pretty well down. And, you know, I saw some folks on the site comparing them to Levante or Athletic. I, uh, I would beg to strongly disagree. Uh, I think they'd be they'd be they'd be struggling to stay up, I think, in in a, in a league like Spain, you know, again, over. Over a whole season. Over a whole season. Now, on one night, can they overturn a two-goal deficit and uh, and win? Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And you know, again, against no less than Mourinho, whether love him or hate him, he obviously is very successful in the knockout format. Um, mm-hmm. So, so you know, in a sense, <coughs> then that may be the best thing that could have happened. Because I don't think it will allow us or anybody on the coaching staff to say, if this can happen to Tottenham and Mourinho, certainly can happen to us. Sure, uh, sure. So, so I think we will have to approach this with full seriousness. But with, with Powell back, I, I just find it hard that a team is going to be able to sort of break us down. And, mm-hmm. you know, they're going to have to score – I would say three goals at least to win the tie. I don't. I don't see that happening. Okay. Um, yeah. Yeah. So, I, so I think I think that's the biggest thing. Again, I think once you get to European knockout stage, yes, you want to be able to score, but really, it is the ability to keep away clean sheets. Um, and you know, again, we have the second leg at home, um, so have the ability to sort of go and be in search of a goal or two and right. uh, see see what that result produces for us. Right. I, I think, you know, certainly the, um, you'd have to say we're favored. It was that in this tie, just as we were in the last one. Um, I think it's, it's good in that we are, I think the thing we have to watch though, is we can't look past um, them to, the winner of Arsenal and and um, Slavia, Slavia, because mm-hmm. I mean I know everybody wants to kind of do the you know Emery returning to play Arsenal thing, but you know I remember mm-hmm. uh, that's that's all great, but 
when it comes to knockout competition, sometimes you can get punished for looking past your um, the opponent you're playing to the one that you think you're going to hit in the next round. And so, you know, absolutely. I, you know, I remember since uh, the American NCAA basketball tournament is going on, I'm reminded of when Kentucky hadn't played. Louisville in basketball in years and years and years and years and it was everybody was excited because they were drawn in such a way that in the second round if they both won their first round match they would meet and then Middle Tennessee State upset Kentucky and so it still didn't happen you know you Mm -hmm. can you can it's great on paper but you gotta you gotta go out there and, and win, um, win the matches. But you're right that looking at their roster, you see a lot of, um, you see a lot of youngsters, you see players who have, who have kind of, um, played in, um, in Croatia for many years in, in some cases. Mm -hmm. And that's, and that's nice, but it's like, it's not even the same, uh, you know, have been around a bit, but are coming back to finish careers there. There's not, there's not even, even that much of it. And again, like no. Dinamo Kiev, they are leading their league. They are, although I think there is, they're they're a little closer than. Um, mm-hmm. I th- they're leading by well, it's basically they're leading by two points over the second place team, and then it's another ten points back to third. So it's really a two a two team race. Um, mm-hmm. so I was just looking, they've got, I guess on either side of us, you know, they don't really have, um, they do no, have a, no. they, they have a derby against Lokomotiva Zagreb, which I'm sure is, is important if you're in Zagreb, but I don't think that it's, Lokomotiva is not that good in the league apparently. So yeah, they're, yeah. they're in last. So. Yeah. So yep. it yep. looks to me like. In terms of the, I mean, they'll certainly plus forty-one in twenty-five matches tends to be a good sign that uh, the yeah. league is not too too challenging, too too them. balanced. Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, I think it's I think it's definitely a tie that we should we should feel favored. Um, and then the then the Arsenal Slavia draw is, um, I think. We'll see who who comes out of that. I mean, I think everyone. Yeah, I was gonna say I think Arsenal is a little bit in the same boat again. I think you know, yeah. just on level of talent, we can't compare to them. But um, definitely, Slavia has beaten Leicester. Leicester has been running, you know, running tight for second place in the EPL all year. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. You know, and Leicester is not. Not the team that can say, oh, we have 10 European trophies, so we'll just throw a chance at the Europa League away. So it's not as if they were sort of taking it extremely lightly. Um, So, and, you know, Slavia has, Slavia has not lost in their league this year. Um, Speaking of GD's 24 matches plus 55 GD (laughs) for them. Um, So... And yeah, again, we've played other teams from that league, and that league has, in the past, had a little bit more depth. You know, we've played Sparta, right. we've played Pilsen, um, so so, and and they do have, you know, they have Stanchu, who's, uh, you know, who's who's been around a few places. So that won't be that won't be easy, um, right? And like you said, 
any anything can happen in these situations. So, but certainly, you know, I think the big thing from the draw is gotta say, Man United and Roma were the two best sides in the draw. Right. Avoiding both until the final, I think, is a pretty pretty favorable draw, relatively speaking. Right. Um, right. Because a final is a final, and anything can happen. Mm-hmm. Um, so, mm-hmm. so you know, the fact that we'll only face one of those teams, um, and you know, we'll have a chance to essentially get to the final, you know, beating Arsenal and the second best was a Salzburg team missing two of their best players. So, mm-hmm. so you know, all on the balance, you have to look and say it was it was pretty pretty fortunate. Now you have to actually go and do it. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Well, any any last thoughts here as we, I mean, we're obviously um, going into an international break and uh, we're going to be, from a Villarreal perspective, I guess our main interest is, is the fitness of, of um, players like Powell and, um, and Gerard. Gerard. Yeah. So, yeah. you know. So again, yeah, I mean, we will come out. We have a Saturday, the early kickoff on Saturday match prior to Europa League, then have a Sunday, and mm-hmm. then the return leg. Right. And if I'm not mistaken, the return leg of the Europa League is, or sorry, the potential semifinal, I believe, is two weeks after that. Yeah, I think so. so. I think it's like the around April 24th and May 4th, something like that. Yeah. 29th. Okay. So it's two weeks two after. Weeks after so, yeah. yeah. So that, that is correct. So we're, we'll have two weeks in between, but essentially within a month, we will play the four matches. Four are matches. we given we're able to advance? Mm-hmm. And I think actually the league has a sort of, um, they have a, they have a midweek fixture, I think, set up that I'm guessing we would have to move. Um, right. Okay. Yeah. Because um, I think yeah, there's a the, the the semifinal I think would overlap with that, so we'll also have to deal with that, having to move a match and then try and and replay it. Um, yeah. You know, adding to the fixture congestion near the end of the, season. End of the season. I think that Levante the Levante match, match on the twenty seventh. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. yeah. So, mm-hmm. so anyway, so you know, all of that will be a challenge. Certainly, a welcome uh, opportunity if if that's the case. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I mean, our our two best players are injured. I think uh, I think you can't your concerns begin and end there. And mm-hmm. you say if we have them, we have a chance. If we don't, you know, for whatever reason, we really don't don't have a chance of you know. Maybe we can win this round, maybe not even. Um, but, you know, putting us uh, up against a team like Arsenal without either of them will be uh, a very tall order. Yeah. So well, let us hope that it is on the short end. Let's also hope that Paco, who again didn't, didn't play today, um, you know, hopefully these two weeks do him some good as well. Yeah, because um, he's really, he has not looked right since he came back from injury, what, back in mm-hmm. December or something, he, he has not looked 
his usual uh, self. He did get a few minutes today. Okay. But yeah. I think it must it must have been very late on. Very late, um, yeah. Yeah, no, but I, so. he, he has not looked comfortable. He has not looked um, – he has not – had that sort of goalkeeper, goal scorer's arrogance and confidence that he normally has had. So, I, mm-hmm. you know, hopefully he'll be mm-hmm. he'll be able to to get that back over the break too. Got it. Yeah, he came in for a Baca and played fifteen minutes. But, yeah, but didn't. Yeah. but I think so. it was very noticeable today that you know Baca was doing a lot of the running and really getting involved in the way that Paco hadn't been. So I think it was it was good that that uh, Baca got the start and the other thing that was nice to see was Mario on the right because he can just bombing forward there gives you so many more options to to attack we didn't always take advantage of him but he nearly got a goal late on so it was nice to see him mm-hmm. back in there mm-hmm. too um, yeah well again without Pena it's been right Costa or Foyt or you yeah. know it's not there hasn't been another right back playing right back in quite a while yeah um, and yeah. obviously that's why we had brought Andre back but it doesn't seem that he's been particularly thought of as a, as right. a first team player right so, right so. yeah so I think you know health is the biggest thing again particularly given the nature of this season and the pandemic and you know then you were making the basketball analogy you know the, they had to cancel one of the games this year mm-hmm. um, because mm-hmm. a team had a late COVID test so frankly you know anything can happen everything could be going right and then the day before the match you know there could be some news that changes everything so there's right. a, I think you're right riding a lot of luck uh, for, for anything to, to happen this year. And maybe it feels like maybe for once, if it could be on our side, that would be nice. <laughs> that would be nice. Okay. Well, good talking to you as always. And we'll um, catch up again once we start, um, start the matches up after, after the break. And uh, um, until then, this is Alan for Sid saying end of out, here we are.